Well, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're so glad that you're here today. I want to welcome all those who are present with us and also welcome those who are online. Uh, before we get started, I want to bring your attention to uh, two things in our bulletin. First of all, you'll see at the very top of the announcement section that Cameron and Jamie Nichols, along with their daughters Eden and Addie, are placing membership with us. Many of you uh, know them and have met them already. We're so glad that they've made that decision uh, today, and so I uh, would encourage you to uh, welcome them and uh, get to know them if you haven't done so yet. Also, you'll notice on the very back of uh, the bulletin that we've introduced a, a new section called Servant Leaders. And under that, you'll see our deacons. Our deacons have been listed for many, many years. But below that, um, we've got a whole bunch of other people. You know, we just felt that it was right for us to acknowledge all the many things that are being done at this congregation, many things that, that uh, people just are unaware of, they don't know about. Uh, I'm I'm sure we left someone out. If so, um, you know, I apologize for that. Come and let me know, and we can add that to the list. But uh, just pray for these individuals. Pray for those who are leading various ministries. Also, if you want to you know, help in one of these ministries, you can look at those individuals, and you can go to them and talk about what you can do to help out. And maybe there's something on here that um, we're lacking. You know, um, Ron mentioned earlier that uh, it would be great to have a card ministry. If you want to begin a card ministry, then come and talk to us, and we'd be uh, glad to get you started on that, and, and you can be in charge of that. All right, well, we're talking about baptism again this morning, and maybe bring out some ideas about baptism that you really haven't thought about before. You know, one of the most famous scenes in modern American cinema comes at the very end of The Godfather, and it's where Mark, uh, Michael Corleone uh, attends the baptism of his niece. And if you don't know anything about this movie, The Godfather is the story of an Italian mob family. And earlier in the film, Michael's dad, Don Vito Corleone, has vowed not to avenge the death of his son, Sonny, so it would bring an end to the ongoing violence that's going on between the different mob families. However, we come to find out that the family did not let go of revenge. They are going to get it. And Michael has the perfect alibi. It's his niece's baptism. And so he participates in this ceremony because he is the godfather to this child. And he is supposed to help this child grow up in the way of Christ. And so during the ceremony, he's asked a series of questions. Do you renounce Satan? I do. I do renounce him. Do you renounce Satan and all his works? I do renounce them. Do you renounce Satan and all his pomps? I do renounce them. And as Michael is vowing before God and all the church that he renounces Satan and renounces his ways, the film then cuts to the murder of three individuals. And these were the individuals that were responsible for Michael's brother's death. Michael Corleone has ordered these murders. He's getting his revenge. Now, Michael Corleone is very different from our friend last week. You remember him? Ignacio, the, the, the monk who, who moonlighted as a wrestler. He was very sincere and he sought to do what was right, even though he was just a little misguided in what he was doing. 
Unlike Ignacio, Michael Corleone does not take baptism seriously. It's just a tool for him to, to get what he wants. He says the words that go along with baptism, but they mean nothing to him. As he is vowing to reject Satan and his ways, he is actively engaged in evil. He is mocking God just by showing up to his niece's baptism. This scene from The Godfather is shocking because it intertwines the holy and the unholy, and it puts them side by side, and even the most unholy of people recognizes this should not be so. Something is wrong here. Something is amiss. You know, we think of baptism as a happy and joyous moment, and it is. It's a celebration of salvation. It is the point at which a person has their sins forgiven, receives the Holy Spirit, and is given a new life. Satan and his evil ways are the, the last things that are on our mind, probably. We're not thinking about that. But maybe, just maybe, we should. Michael Corleone in The Godfather profanes the act of baptism. But the idea that there is a connection between baptism and Satan is not as strange as one might think. The only reason we think it's strange is because we are modern people who live in modern times. For most of history, when a person was baptized, they were asked at that baptism to renounce Satan and his works. This is a practice that began as early as the second century. And it was practiced almost universally in the church. And some early Christian writers even argued that it was a tradition that was passed on to them by the apostles. And it continued in churches um, up until just a few years ago when many churches began to abandon it. Now, I'll admit this is a practice that's not found in the Bible. But we also have to remember that Scripture never gives us a formula for what to say at a baptism. Just as we don't have a formula for how to perform a wedding or how to conduct a funeral. Now these are things that the church is to do. Marriage is a covenant between God and, and two individuals. A funeral is when a follower of God enters into the presence of Jesus. Baptism is a holy practice where a person encounters Christ and is added to the family of God. And so the church is to be present and help oversee these events. But what we say at these moments is not always outlined for us. We have freedom to come up with faithful words to, to, to use. The words that we choose, though, should reflect what we find in Scripture. They should be well thought out. They should be words of blessing and words of instruction. And we should also look at what the faithful people of God have said in the past to help guide us in these moments. The early church and most of the Christians who came after them have asked people who are about to be baptized to renounce Satan and his ways. 
Why would they do something like this? Well, we find an answer in the Gospel of Mark. We read here, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the, uh, by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now this account is found in all three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus is baptized, and then he is led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And so the first thing that follows Jesus' baptism is an encounter with the devil. Now the early church recognized the significance of this. All scripture is inspired of God. All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is important. But when something is mentioned three times, we need to pay attention. We need to stop and listen. We need to take this seriously. And so the baptism of Jesus is a model for us. And God is telling us something here about our own baptism. When you are baptized, get ready. When you are baptized, be prepared. When you are baptized, watch out because Satan is coming. And so this is why the early church felt it was important to renounce Satan and his works at the time of baptism. It was not something that, that someone just randomly thought up one day. It was based on scripture. It was based on their own experiences. And when we fully submit ourselves to God and take on the identity of Christ through baptism, we need to be on the lookout because Satan is coming our way. He's going to tempt us and try to win us back because he does not want us to belong to God. This language of turning from evil and renouncing Satan comes from Scripture. We find it in places like 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 22, where we're instructed to reject every kind of evil. We also find it in the passage that was already read for us this morning, Psalm 34, 14. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And then James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And then Jesus' famous words, Get behind me, Satan. And so to renounce Satan and his ways is biblical. We see the writers of Scripture do it regularly. God wants us to know this is a serious threat and we need to be prepared from the moment we are baptized and following. Because Satan is not going to let up. He's not going to stop pursuing us. So it makes sense at the beginning of our Christian journey that we would reject him and everything having to do with him. You know, one of the things we need to notice about 
the language of these baptismal statements is that people were not only asked to reject Satan, they were asked to reject his works as well, his pomps, his ways. We need to remember what we're told in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen that even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And so Satan doesn't just show up one day and make an announcement and say, hey, here I am. He wants to hide himself. He wants to deceive us. And so because of this, we need to be able to recognize Satan's works, Satan's ways. What are the ways of Satan? Well, there are many. But thankfully, we can find places in the Bible where Paul and others um, list them for us. And so I'll just give you a few. One of the most famous is Galatians 5, 19 through 21. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. We find another list in Ephesians 4, verse 31. Put away from you. So in other words, reject, renounce from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. And then there's Colossians 3, 5 through 8. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. These are the ways of Satan. These are the works of Satan. And we need to know these because we will not always recognize Satan when he shows up. He will disguise himself as someone good. Someone worthy to pay attention to. Someone worthy to follow. But we will know to turn away when we hear anger and slander and abusive language and bitterness and all the things like those. We will know when we see sexual immorality, impurity, greed, divisions, and things like these. When we are baptized... We're not only rejecting Satan, we're rejecting his ways and his works. We're rejecting everything about him. Now, it might sound surprising, but baptism and Satan are connected. When we think of baptism, we should probably also consider Satan. It's not that Baptism and Satan are alike in any way. They're not. They are opposed to one another. Baptism is a work of God. In baptism, we are united to Christ. In baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit. And when we are baptized, we die to self. We put to death every way of Satan that we have embraced over the years. And then we embrace the way of Jesus and we commit to following him. But baptism is this moment when we renounce Satan and we accept Christ. Now, an oncoming encounter with the devil might sound kind of frightening. 
You know, he's this powerful being. He's not alone. Ephesians 5 tells us that he has rulers and authorities and cosmic powers at his disposal. Do we even stand a chance against the armies of darkness? Well, the answer to that question is absolutely, we do. If we ever begin to doubt our ability to withstand Satan, all we need to do is remember our baptism. Now, you might ask, well, what does baptism have to do with fighting Satan? And to that, I would reply, it has everything to do with fighting Satan. Because in baptism, we are united to the death and resurrection of Jesus. You know, we read this last week, uh, Romans 6, 4 through 5, Paul speaking on the subject of baptism says, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And so if we believe the crucifixion of Jesus is essential, we will also believe that baptism is essential. If we believe the resurrection of Jesus is necessary, we will also believe that baptism is necessary. No early follower of Jesus believed that they could be saved without being baptized. Why? Well, because baptism is not only the moment that, that God forgives us of our sins and he gives us the Holy Spirit, but it's also the moment where we are united in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And what this means is that we have the power of the blood of Christ. And we need to remember that. All of us, we have the power of the blood of Christ. Now look at Revelation 12, 7 through 11. And war broke out in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated. And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, the, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven proclaiming, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser, that's the name for Satan there, the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. But they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they did not cling to life even in the face of death. How did these early Christians overcome Satan? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. They renounced Satan 
when they were baptized and they received the power of the blood. And so if Satan comes for you, do not fear because you have a power that he cannot defeat. Now many of us here today can probably remember our baptism. We remember who baptized us and we may even remember what they said. It's likely that you were asked only one question, if that at all. Maybe you were asked no question. And that's okay. We don't have to get all the wording right in order for our baptism to count. Baptism is a work of God, not a work of man. However, it's good when faithful words from Scripture are invoked and we better understand what we're doing. So I want to ask you three questions this morning. And I will ask the question and then you can respond by saying, I do. They're simple questions. They come right from Scripture. So let's give it a try. Do you reject every kind of evil and vow to do good and seek peace? Do you renounce Satan and submit yourself to God? Do you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Okay. So those of you who have been baptized, you've renewed those vows. You're ready to continue to follow God with a renewed vigor and renewed understanding of what baptism is all about. You're ready to go out into the world and face that enemy who we're told is prowling around like a roaring lion just seeking someone to devour. But remember, you've renounced him. You've renounced his ways. And he no longer has control over your life. Now, if you have not been baptized, you're ready. You've taken the first steps to prepare yourself for baptism. You've turned away from Satan. You've renounced him and his ways. You've confessed Jesus as Lord, and you've vowed to submit yourself to God. All that's left is for you to put on Christ in baptism and to receive the Holy Spirit. And what better day than today? What better time than now? Don't let Satan rule your life. Don't allow evil to exercise dominion over you. Have your sins washed away. Be united to Jesus. Die to self and be raised to walk in newness of life. Do it now as we stand and as we sing.